I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. Welcome to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. Uh, and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Natty, how are you doing today? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I seemingly am recovering from some sort of cold that I didn't know I had. But, you know, that's just uh, part of the job. Got to fight through it. Keep this uh, melodious voice going. You're a warrior poet. We appreciate it. Thank hey, you. you know, I, I do my best and I'm here for the people and I hope the people appreciate everything that I put forward. Are you getting your wife sick? Are you quarantined? What's going on here? Do you guys no, have a protocol? We, <laughs> we do not. Uh, but uh, she seems to be fine. She uh, has a much stronger <laughs> immune system. She has a much stronger immune system than I do. And she's also much tougher than I. So when I get sick, I'm just like, oh, take care of me. And then when she gets sick, she just like mentally tells that sickness to go fuck itself and to leave. That sounds perfect. Good job, both of you. You're both doing it right. (laughs) We're both dealing with it the right way. So, you know, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, We have lots to talk about this week. Uh, We're going to get into some early ADPs. We're going to start talking some rankings um, and then obviously our favorite things of the week. So let's jump right into early ADPs. Um, We're going to go through the top 50 players and then just kind of talk about who we like, who we don't like, what we're vibing, what we're feeling. Um, And we'll go through 10s here. So we'll start 50 to 41 so that, you know, if you're listening, listening to our opinions of those guys at the top, you got to. You got to listen all the way Ooh, through the sneaky. Pack. I know. I get it. It's nice. a hook. You get them and then they're stuck and they can't escape. We should just keep the one through 10 for the end of the season. So oh, people perfect. have to just listen to every episode. Plus then we will know how everything has played out. And so we can just say these were our top 10 to begin with. And look at that. Yeah. hundred percent accurate. So this is why you should only listen to this podcast. Totally. We knew Reggie Jackson was going to be a top five right. player the whole time. We knew the Pistons were going to go undefeated because of Reggie Jackson and win the, uh, win the final. Yeah, Blake who? What? Come yeah, on, no. Arjax. Blake gets traded way early because Arjax says that he needs the yeah. team to himself. Yeah, don't need him. Don't need him. Get rid of him. He's just clogging things up for Arjax. Totally. Just fucking the whole system up. All right, so let's go 50 through 41 at 50. These are going off of uh, Fantasy Pros ADP, which is an average of Yahoo and ESPN. So figured you guys get the uh, best sense of where these players are currently getting drafted. Number 50, CJ McCollum, 49, Victor Oladipo, 48, Zach Levine, 47, Kyle Lowry, 
46, Julius Randle, 45, Chris Middleton, 44, Jason Tatum, 43, Mike Connolly, 42, De'Aaron Fox, and then number 41, D'Angelo Russell. Natty, of those guys, who sticks out to you as someone who's maybe being overvalued or undervalued or an ADP that you kind of want to talk about? Well, I think that Chris Middleton is interesting. I mean, Lowry is interesting. Let's talk about Lowry. How about that? Sounds good. He is the best player on the Toronto Raptors until we see another season of Pascal Siakam being incredible, I think. Mm -hmm. It's his team. He might be playing to go to another team. (laughs) Like, we're not really sure what the dynamic is with the Raptors. It's everyone sort of seems to think that they kind of want to blow it up, but they're going to try to win just because they are obligated to because they're champions. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's Kyle Lowry could just have an FU season where he's like, yo, this is my team. I'm going to be a top 15 player. I'm going to try to score 20 points a game. And the rest of you can just, you know, see how well we do without Kawhi. And they did play well without Kawhi last season. Yeah. And similar in a similar vein, not quite nephew season, but a guy who's in that, in that cluster who could just go off and way outperform his ADP. Uh, I know we talk about him. I was going to say a fair amount, but this podcast is only two episodes in, uh, but you and I talk a lot about it on the, on fake teams is, um, is Zach Levine, uh, the dentist. He, he's going at 48 and I saw this idea proposed by DJ Foster over on the ringer uh, that Zach Levine could be the scoring champion this year. And he <laughs> like a mild, decent argument for it. Uh, and you know what? I'm like, I'm here for this. Like I could totally understand how maybe he just takes over Chicago and, and gets tons of usage and just is that guy. I mean, we saw like stepping stones of that last year. He finished as a top 30 guy. And he's going, you know, at 48. So I think he's a guy who can take that next step even and uh, and propel himself well past the 40s in terms of his final finishing. Sure. Zach Levine is young. He's, I don't think he's the best player on the Chicago Bulls, but he's the face of the franchise, I think. The finisher, Laurie Markkinen, hasn't really played enough to have that role. And... Zach Levine is just a dynamic player that people like to watch. Yeah. So he's like, no one knows who Chris Dunn is or what he looks like or what he sounds like Kobe white, who I am hoping will be the starting point guard and just, you know, run, 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 except the Chicago bulls under Jim Boylan. Like maybe they won't do that. So I think that Levine's ADP is pretty good. I would probably have him in the top 40, but uh, I understand there will be more mouths to feed this year. Just, I, I mean, hopefully knock wood. Um, and we might see Levine developing his distribution skills over his scoring. But he's a, he's a guy that I would probably draft over Oladipo just because we don't really know when Oladipo is coming back. And he's definitely not coming back before December. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I feel like Zach Levine could like at in just in my head at his like absolute peak. He's Russell Westbrook, maybe not as good, but like that kind of player who could 
average a triple double. Um, and if you're getting that in 48, I'm, I'm a happy boy. He gets to feast on the East. So there's it going to be games. You know that that I know. True. I did that on purpose. God, Thank you for so, noticing. I you know, oh. I gotta give it. If if you put in the effort, I have to give you credit for it. It's it's <laughs> like we've had 200 episodes and not just two. You know? Just, yep. Yep. <laughs> but he's going to have games where he scores 40 points. You know, it's just going to be against really shitty teams that no one's watching. Um, and he's also a guy that he's the fulcrum for the bulls. Like if he's not going to play well, then their whole season is probably going to go down the tank. Mm -hmm. And he has a weird, serious job this year because he has to reincorporate Kobe white and really Lori Markinen. And, you know, it's, He's the straw that stirs the drink for Chicago. So if he's not going well, then the whole team probably won't. Yeah. All right, let's move on to 40 through 31. At number 40, we have Miles Turner, 39, Tobias Harris, mm. 38, Draymond Green, 37, Lori Markinen, who we've spoken about, 36, Kevin Love, 35, Clint Capella, 34, Blake Griffin, 33, Chris Stapps, Plazingas, 32, Pascal Siakam, and 31, DeMar DeRozan. The guy who sticks out to me in this cluster is Draymond, uh, simply sure. because we know the highs that Draymond can hit, and the highs are super fucking high. But the question is, is is he going to – can he return to those highs in a durant list? it's just him and Steph Warriors team? Or is he too old? Is that window for him being like that, you know, MVP defensive player who can sh- drain threes and, and shoot everywhere on the court? It, are those days behind him? Because uh, if those days aren't, and if we get at least like one more season of peak Draymond, when it's just him and Steph running the Warriors, uh, then, you know, in that range, that's a that's a great get. Um, but I feel like that's uh, maybe a 30% chance of playing out. I think there's a lot of risk with Draymond this year. I disagree slightly. I don't Ooh. think there's that much risk because I think his floor is so solid. Like unless he gets injured or, you know, something weird happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder if maybe his assists are going to go up because he's their team is uh, just him and Steph. We could go back D'Angelo. to point, Dray- point Draymond. Right. I mean, he's Steph is going to get attacked all season long. Like yeah. he's just going to get annihilated. Um, and so that's going to leave everybody else open. Now, Draymond is a really smart player. He knows that unless it's like wide open, maybe he shouldn't be taking jump shots because you have presumably you have other players around you who are better at that. So I do think that there's a chance that he becomes not the main distributor because Steph is still golden, but I think his times are going to go up. I really do. And I think you're going to see a lot more of the ball movement that we had from the Warriors several years ago. And I think they're really going to try to get the entire team involved because (laughs) Draymond and Steph even though they didn't win the finals, they've still played all those games. Oh yeah. You know? Like they're, they have to be exhausted. Yeah. So I am hoping that there are nights when Steph doesn't play and that there are nights when Draymond doesn't play just so that they get rest. Right. And 
you know, the nights when Steph doesn't play, it's Draymond's team. And it's probably going to be him and D'Angelo. And it's, I like, he's not going to be a 20 point scorer or anything, but shit, man, why, why not go crazy and say his assists go up a couple? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's filling that stat sheet. Um, I know you love Tobias. We spent much of last mm-hmm. podcast talking about Tobias. Is there anyone else in that cluster who you're eyeballing? Well, there was, but I sort of want to name another player now that we talked about Draymond because Sassy. a lot of uh, ADP goes into our beliefs and what we want from players. Sure. And I think Kevin Love is one of those players. We're all sort of thinking just like with Draymond, oh, well, what if Draymond returns to, you know, three years ago? What if Kevin Love does? Right. Uh, there's, we're pretty high on Kevin Love, I think. You know, him being healthy, he's a double-double guy and not many people can get 20 and 10. It's going to be his team. It's just that the Cavs are so strangely constructed. Like, they really don't have proper wings. It's just a bunch of guards and a bunch of front court players. He's going to be in a, the guy that dominates the ball on this team because he's the only one with a name. He's getting paid a shitload of money. And he's really the only one with any kind of, I don't want to say, pedigree range because a bunch of players get but like you know he's a vet with range like he knows how to move across the floor he knows where people should be his passing is supreme um and if he has a good year shit he could be a top 20 player yeah well no if i know it was five years ago but if you look at his last season in minnesota when again it was in a similar situation where it was he was the guy Averaging 26 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, shooting uh, 50%, 52% from the floor, shooting 37% from three. Like, those are fucking great numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If if he can return to even a little bit of that, which he could simply just because he's going to be getting the ball more. This is is now his team. He could flirt with those numbers again, Um, and and that's a huge uptick. And offensive rebounds, if you're in a league that has, you know, detailed stat cats like that, you know, he's probably going to be incredible. He's a guy that everyone sort of forgot because he was in the shadow of LeBron and then he was injured. But this could be a real big year for him. If he plays super well, some team is probably going to come calling and try to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on to 30 through 21. Uh, at 30, we have Lamarcus Aldridge, thir- uh, 29, Chris Paul, 28, Donovan Mitchell, 27, Trey Young, 26, uh, DeAndre Ayton, 25, John Collins, 24, Drew Holiday, 23, Zion Williamson, 22, Devin Booker, 21, Kemba Walker. Natty, I have to first ask, do you think, or who do you think, is the highest ADP a rookie has ever had is Zion close 23 for some, for a guy who's never set foot on the, uh, on an NBA court at a professional level. You're saying he is a lock to be a top 25 fantasy guy that I'm not saying that's rich, but those are putting some good expectations on him. So I was looking at this on ESPN earlier and On just ESPN's ADP, he's getting drafted before Luca, before <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and before Trey fucking Young. 
that's well, I mean, in here he's getting drafted before Trey Young and he's getting drafted before where is Luca? No, no, no. I think Luca's going before him according to this. But yeah, that's absurd. It's absolutely nuts. I, what I think is happening is that there's a bunch of early dynasty league drafts mm, and that's sure. why he's so high because obviously if you're drafting this guy for the next five years, then oh, he should be high. Right. Right. And, and that would make sense because Luca, you know, has already been drafted and blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> there's, if he comes out and he scores 20 points a game, then yeah, sure. Okay, fine. You guys, everybody who drafted him, in the top 25, like you look like geniuses, but I really don't think that's what's going to happen. There are other players on the Pelicans and they need the ball too. And they've played more basketball than Zion has. Zion's going to be good. I have absolutely no doubt of that, but Drew holiday is a dude that scored 20 points per game last season. And he wants to make the playoffs and he wants to tell Anthony Davis to go fuck himself. There's, (laughs) like no fucking way that he's going to take a back seat to Zion Williamson, who just got there. And, you know, Lonzo's there. Brandon Ingram's there. JJ Redick is there. There's there are players on the team that are going to look at Zion and be like, Oh man, you're really good. You're also 19. And I couldn't give less of a fuck. Like this is a job. I get my shots. You can get out of the way. Well, right. I mean, if he was on, if he was on a truly garbage team, you mm. know, where it was just him and it was just like, all right, Zion, like, right. Go, then it's like, yeah, I can understand this, but you're right. He's got Lonzo ball. He's got Drew holiday. Who's going right after him, which again is a little bit of a stretch in my opinion. You got Brandon Ingram. Like this is a good team with a lot of mouths to feed. I don't necessarily see Zion coming in and being like this, boy i mean he'll be a highlight reel i'm not questioning that right i'm questioning Correct. the fact that yeah. he's going to put up enough reliable points to be a top 25 guy to be going ahead of i mean trey young you're right i somehow when i was reading through it didn't dawn on me but like also donovan mitchell's down there at 28 like come on that's i'm those two guys are almost locks for better fantasy seasons than zion but again, this goes back to what people believe and what they want. Everybody wants right, Zion right. to be LeBron. You know, I, I don't even know if LeBron scored 20 points a game in his rookie season. Maybe he did because he's incredible. But there, <laughs> there's almost no chance that for this season, he returns value at that spot. No, I agree. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I don't even think he's going to get rookie of the year. I think it's going to be someone like John Morant or RJ Barrett, who's players who will be more take there, Natty. Well, because think about it. Like those two players are on. I mean, maybe the Knicks aren't shitty, but they're on teams. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're right. They are shitty. (laughs) I think I'm going to have fun watching the Knicks this year, but whatever. They're both on teams that are not going to make the playoffs. And maybe they're not even trying to. Whereas Zion, I think the Pelicans' plan for this year is to make the playoffs and try to make sure that the Lakers don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why if Zion Zion is not going to be the first option for scoring on this team, and if his defense isn't good, he won't close games. So right. I think he might end up having fewer minutes than people anticipate. Yeah, no, 
Um, and we talked about it. I mean, John ja Morant and uh, and whatever Nick RJ, guy. yeah, yeah, and RJ are two guys on garbage teams who will get. How dare you, by the way? Oh my gosh! Oh, whatever that dude on the Knicks whatever. is, you're so Boston, man. <laughs> Jesus. As soon as you go to New York, I just forget who you are. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Although your guys, uh, you have Ennis Cantor now, so you know. Hey, man, I've always been a fan of Ennis Cantor. I know, I know that that paints me in a weird light, but the guy gets boards and the guy scores, which is something that Boston has been yearning for in a big man since forever. Sure. Yeah, he's fantasy gold. The dude averages a double-double when he gets the minutes, and he gets you points and boards. That's exactly what you want from a center. Amen. All right, let's go uh, 20 through tw- uh, 11. 20, we have Nikola Vucevic. Uh, 19, Luka Doncic, 18, Ben Simmons, 17, Jimmy Buckets, 16, Rudy Gobert, 15, Andre Drummond, 14, Bradley Beal, 13, Kyrie Irving, 12, Paul George, and 11, Russell Westbrook. Natty, who in that group are you talking about? So let's talk about the drum, Andre Drummond. Mm. Are you a Pistons fan? I am, yes. I don't know if you know that. Oh, no, no, no. I was just curious because I don't know why anyone would talk about Andre Drummond willingly. Right. Because he's incredible and you can absolutely go fuck yourself. You need more Blaha. That's what you need, dude. That's, that's what I'm, I'm missing that. I apologize. Uh, but you're right, because what I'm about to say is not going to be flattering to Andre Drummond, <laughs> even though I love him. I love him. And he's still young and he's great. And the fact of the matter is that he's not a top 20 player in the NBA, but He definitely is a top 25 fantasy player Mm -hmm. and it's because of the double doubles and it's because of the high floor and it's because of his place in the piston scheme. Like they're going to be using him. You can count on it. So there's a level of consistency there that people appreciate. And I would bet you that he's probably been on a fair number of championship teams as their starting center, just because of the consistency and Mm -hmm. what you get with the dub dubs. Yeah, no, I but totally. He's, uh, he's not a fucking he's, top twenty player. He's twenty six years old, which is yeah. just absurd to me. Somehow, I feel like he's been in this league for a decade plus. Absolutely, he has a lot of miles, and he's great. I love him. I love the drum. I love him and Blake together. I want to keep him forever. I hope he retires as a piston. <laughs> but he's also an old school center in a new school game. Mm-hmm. So there are times where the Pistons look um, less than good. <laughs> I don't want to say bad, but they just sort of look slow. And yeah. it's because they're not trying this time period. Right. That's not a bad thing in a vacuum. You know, slowing the pace down is a really good idea against certain teams, especially for the Pistons when they might not have the outside shooting that they want lowering the amount of possessions and feeding drum is the smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that ties in with his high ADP. Like people know that he's going to get, I don't know, 18 and 11, like on a regular basis. So, and if his free throw ratios maintain or even improve, then that's not as much of a drag as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, Another big in that group who I, who stands out to me is uh, Vucevic in orlando yeah i maybe future celtic (laughs) just because well then he's then when he becomes the boston then he's actually worth the 20th pick um (laughs) but 
maybe it's just because it, I'm I'm suffering from the like bad team delusion. But he had a great season last year, but it feels like there's a lot of regression that's built in. He Since averaging 20-plus minutes per game, he shot a career high from three, career high in rebounds and assists, and was second-best percentage from the floor last year. And I feel like those numbers will probably regress to the mean. It just seems a little high to me going in the top 20, but maybe maybe I'm being biased. Who knows? He was also in a free agent year. So he was gunning for a new contract and we know how that improves players performance. So here's the thing. <laughs> the Orlando magic, like Markel Fultz is their starting point guard, maybe, or he's their backup guard behind DJ. August. Like who the hell knows what's going on with this team. <laughs> they have way too many front court players. They, didn't trade Terrence Ross and they re-signed him. I mean, if you're not going to trade him, then I guess definitely re-sign him. But the team doesn't make sense, and it won't make sense until we know definitively what Aaron Gordon is. Mm. Aaron Gordon is the face of that franchise, with all due respect to Vooch. Um, if, and Aaron Gordon is, what, 23, 24? Like, he's still a baby. Right. Uh, so the entire point of the magic this season is to figure out, okay, what the hell exactly do we have with Aaron Gordon? Is he a power forward? Is he a small forward? Like, can we use him at center in weird lineups? Mm -hmm. If we do, what does that mean for the rest of the personnel? And if you look at Vooch's contract, it's tradable. So I think that he's the sort of guy who they're going to tell, listen, man, like, there's a pretty good chance we have Mobamba. There's a pretty good chance you get traded. We are going to feature you. So I think he'll have a pretty good first half of the season, but I anticipate him getting traded and then his role will diminish. So I don't believe in this ADP at all, unless you're just hoping to get him for the first two months and then yeah, trade him then as the magic will. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe you're trying to sell high on him. Uh, Aaron Gordon shot 34% from three last year, 34.9. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I maybe, mean, maybe he that, develops into a young Blake, right? Like that's the uh, glass half full is that he's still so young and players' shots develop over time. Um, you know, we could talk about Marcus Smart with that. It's the yeah. exact same thing. Like even though it's incrementally better from year to year, that's mm-hmm. still better, right? You know, like it. yeah, these guys aren't even twenty six or twenty seven, and they're not finished products. It is totally natural for them to get better at everything that they do so let's you know let's be positive let's say that aaron gordon hits 38 percent from three this year that drastically changes how that team plays and our perception of aaron gordon and if he does that then they're probably a playoff team yeah um all right let's hit the last last 10 guys top 10 guys going in adp number 10 damian lillard Nine, Kawhi Leonard. Eight, uh, Nikola Jokic. Seven, Joel Embiid. Six, LeBron James. Five, Carl Anthony Towns. Four, Steph Curry. Three, James Harden. Two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And one, Anthony Davis. And Natty, I pose this question to you. Would you draft Anthony Davis 101 in a redraft league? Let me say this as hard as I can. 
Fuck no. Right. Doesn't that, I understand that he's probably going to have a great season in LA next to LeBron whole nine yards. But when was the last time Anthony Davis played a full season? When was the last time we saw him healthy? And when you're taking him ahead of Giannis, ahead of Harden, like that just seems a bit crazy to me. This again is about what we believe and what we expect and what we want. I do think that everybody is rooting for Anthony Davis to do well, even though there's so much anti-Lakers mm-hmm. uh, animus out there. It's not like people are hoping he sucks. Right. Um, but he hasn't done a goddamn thing, <laughs> you know, and it's Giannis true. has. Giannis won 60 games. He is for real, and he should get better, too. So and and by the way, he's gonna be so goddamn motherfucking furious after this FIBA. Like, oh yeah, he, he's maybe gunning for a back-to-back MVP season. I I just think he's gonna be so pissed off. Um, and Anthony Davis is on a team with LeBron James, so it's hard for me to believe that a featured star like Giannis has less value mm-hmm. than a part of a duo right if that makes sense yep no i totally agree especially a featured star Giannis, who uh is gonna have a developed three-point shot this year right or even (laughs) i mean what if he does something else like raises his assist you know there's so many things that he can do to get better and raise his value and i mean same with everybody (laughs) so i guess that isn't really a good point but uh Giannis has no kind of competition on his own team right the way that ad does no it's it's absurd you're right you're right that this is purely people projecting what they want to happen anthony davis should not go number one overall in any redraft leagues i'm sorry also i absolutely don't believe all this lebron like oh i'm gonna take a back seat this is all about anthony davis this year fuck that man he's had his biggest layoff from basketball in his whole life lebron might be gunning for mvp lebron might be gunning for scoring leader LeBron might be going for defensive player of the year. Like he has a lot to prove this year. Remember when- said that both he and AD will hopefully get benched a bunch during the season for load management. Mm-hmm. So you're splitting the baby even harder that way. Remember when uh, Dwayne Wade won a championship with the Miami heat and Miami loved him. And then LeBron came and said, Hey, Dwayne Wade, this is my team now. Like, fuck, he's going to give any responsibility or, like, face of the franchise to Anthony Davis. Everyone's saying the right things because that's what you have to do. You know, like, if AD and LeBron were at each other's throats already, then it would be hysterical and also really counterproductive. (laughs) So this is all just, you know, being polite and trying to talk up the season and everything's going to be okay, even though our roster is absolutely bananas. (laughs) And you know what? In terms of splitting minutes, the same thing is with Embiid because he and Al Horford are going to do the exact same thing. Uh, I don't think Embiid will end up as a top 10 player this year in fantasy. I just don't think he'll have the minutes. I mean, I'm hoping he doesn't have the minutes. No, I agree. Uh, We're going to take a quick ad break, but don't go anywhere. Because when we come back, uh, we're going to find out what Natty's go-to rainy day movie is. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Now that we have listened to those phenomenal advertisements, uh, Natty, what is your go-to rainy day movie? It's gross. It's dreary outside. All you want to do is sit at home and watch something. What are you popping in? This is tough. Uh, there's so many. I mean, you can put Die Hard on anytime you want, and mm, it's sure. just incredible. Uh, <laughs> I kind of what was the Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater bank heist during a rainstorm movie was was it like hard rain or something stupid like that oh i hope so let's see like you should just watch a wet movie during a wet day or shit go the other way and watch lawrence of arabia how about Mm. that there you go your your go-to rain movie is lawrence of arabia (laughs) yeah that's absolutely not true by the way it's probably who framed roger rabbit (laughs) such a great selection of movies to choose from there What's yours? Uh, probably New Hope. Star Wars and New Hope. Oh. Just a, just a classic. You just sit there and you're like, take me away to a beautiful world. That or any of the Lord of the Rings. It's a general like, let's escape this dreariness and go to a beautiful world of uh, imagination. Sure. So wait, New Hope is number one for you out of the trilogy? Uh, no, actually Return of the Jedi was always my favorite growing up. Um, sure. but, but new hope, I have to just see it because I love the whole beginning of the story and everyone, like all the different pieces fitting together. Um, so that's, that's, it's my go-to to see, but the one that I enjoy the most is, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Th- new hope is so iconic that it's really hard to separate like it's just hard to watch it objectively, you know, yeah. and oh, like yeah. watching everybody in meet each other is incredible. Um, you can't especially watch that movie just and not be just overwhelmed with emotions and feels like it's objectively. I'm sure if I like watched it without without rose colored glasses on, I'd be like, okay, this is a good movie. Like it's not maybe the most well written film. <laughs> How dare you? Pretty stilted, but. And, you know, you see, you see it with all the history and the memories and the whole association. You're like, this movie is incredible. The downside of that is that now that the universe has been expanded and we know all these new things, when Obi-Wan, excuse me, like meets R2 and 3PO and he's like, I don't remember owning any droids. You're like, motherfucker, you <laughs> fought the Clone Wars with both of them. <laughs> don't tell me you don't remember that shit. Yeah, like that is full on racist against droids. Like, oh, I don't know what that who 
who's who's that droid? I've never seen him before. I they think all look just, the same to me. Just went on like an epic forty-year bender after Anakin. Right. The dark side. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm out. I'm just gonna get plastered for forty years and then lose all my memory and come back as an old man and be like, oh shit, this whole world is very new to me, despite the fact that I grew up in it. Sure. Just drinking like Sith 40s, smoking a lot of whatever that galaxy's name is, cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. He should have had a pot belly. That's how he survived. Um, All right. As we get closer to actual basketball, we figured it would be time to do some ranking talk. Uh, We're going to start with the point guards and give our our top five guys for the year. So, Natty, start us off. Who is your fifth point guard in fantasy this year? Man, this was so hard. So, (laughs) how many... I had about 15 players that I was considering for this because there are players like Kemba Walker who mm-hmm. scored 20 plus points per game last year with five dimes, mm-hmm. Mike Conley who did the same with six dimes, but they're going to be on teams where you expect them to distribute more and score less. Right. So I really hate to do this because i love defense and this sort of kills me but i think it's trey young oh my god that's who i had as my fifth one is it true oh man nice that's great he's just gonna keep getting better and just keep building upon what he's already established to be and in a team that again he is another guy like Giannis. this is his team through and oh yeah And so he's going to get all the touches he needs. He's going to get everything that he could possibly have in order to succeed. And I think he's just going to keep rising to the challenge. So I think he's, yeah, he's definitely going to approach that top, top five status this year. He averaged 19 points per game and eight assists per game. So if you're a young team that's running all over the place and you expect incremental at the very least improvement, why can't he be, 20 and nine. Shit. Why can't he be 20 and 10? Yeah. Let's average a double, double here, Trey. Yeah. With points and assists in which case, you know, he's approaching Russ territory. So I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't think that the Hawks will have any defense whatsoever, but I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised, but I think that Trey young is going to have to score. And I think he's going to have to distribute. So I, Man, I can't believe I'm saying this because he's so young, you know? Right. But he but he can do it. I have faith in him. I have faith in him to do it. Plus, I needed someone to in- be introduced into that top five who is not kind of like a retread. And so I was like, right, yeah, give me Trey Young taking the step. But damn, man, like we're putting him or I don't know what your list is, but I'm putting him above drew holiday De'Aaron fox cp3 who could have a fucking monster season if he has a chip on his shoulder and and russ i mean russ isn't in my top five i think well he's in mine spoiler alert so okay cool all right well let's go to you then okay uh so number four i got kyrie irving i just think that he is this is again his team and the nets but I think the difference between the Nets and the Celtics is that there's no Jason Tatum level young guy who for him to like struggle with or compete with, like he is the player there to take this team to the next step. And I think he's going to want to flash what he can truly do in a year where KD is not around. And then that way he can take that backseat again, like what he did with LeBron where he was still wildly productive and very clutch, but not, Kyrie Irving show. So I think we got one last year of Kyrie Irving show. 
So you don't think that Joe Harris is going to take over this team? <laughs> and well, I mean, when, he, when he shoots, when he shoots, when, you know, seventy percent from three, then yeah, then yeah, Harris's team. Kyrie hears footsteps, dude. I don't know if he's the starting point guard by the end of the season. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. He's my fourth as well for the exact same reasons. Uh, another guy with a chip on his shoulder. A guy who is entering a picture-perfect situation. Like, this team has every position filled. And, I mean, who's going to say no to Kyrie? Right, and I think that's the biggest difference between Boston and uh yeah brooklyn is the fact that every position was filled on both teams but Kyrie comes in as the incumbent leader like veteran i'm here to take you guys to the next step where i feel like that wasn't as smooth a transition in boston as most people expected because boston had already had success without Kyrie, and then Kyrie came in and it wasn't like hey i'm going to take you to that next level that next level was an nba championship and that was a lot of expectations to put on a team that then had to refigure out how all these young players. I mean, I think the Nets will have similar kind of uh, growth, growing pains, but I still think that it's a better situation for Kyrie. It is interesting that both the Celtics and the Nets, when they acquired Kyrie, they got rid of mm-hmm. a beloved point guard i mean maybe dar wasn't beloved but d'angelo russell was definitely well liked and everybody was excited about what he could do in brooklyn this year so he keeps sort of inheriting teams which must feel a little weird and i wonder if that plays into it too that he feels like he he wants to just to be an obvious his team and he doesn't really want to have to earn that but we'll see we'll see it'll lead to an exciting year nonetheless Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can't wait for the Nets. It's going to be so interesting to watch this team. Okay, so if Russ isn't your three, who's your number three? It's Mr. Ben Simmons. I I, I know. I was so excited to say this because you really don't want to hear it. But (laughs) this motherfucker's good at basketball, (laughs) and I don't care who knows it. Like, three-pointers, sure, whatever. That's so millennial. This dude is just good at playing old school. And if he develops even a tiny, minuscule outside shot, he is going to skyrocket in value. Now, we talked about Embiid earlier and how he might be splitting minutes with Al Horford. J.J. Redick is no longer there. Jimmy Butler is no longer there. This is maybe the Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris show. Yeah. It yeah. I'm I I was always taught by my mother that if you have nothing to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> uh, I, I mean I agree. I you just agree. hate Australia, dude. You're just anti-island. <laughs> oh, oh, please, God, Australian listeners, don't think that at all. Aaron Baines was whew, oh, come on, calm down. Man. Jesus. Uh no, I just I think that, yes, he has the potential to do this, to take this step forward. I just still think that the Sixers need to figure out how to play him, that he, with him beat on the floor, still clogged the lane. They're still vying for that same space. And if he can get a jump shot, yes, he has all the potential in the world to basically be Giannis to be this point God who's going, who can drive at will, who can shoot threes or who can just shoot, like shoot a jump shot for God's sake. 
I I think that he will play a lot better with Al Horford on the floor than Embiid, mm. and I think that ultimately that's interesting. That could push because we've been saying this for a long time. Embiid and Simmons are can't have a future together. It just can't happen. I I don't believe that they will ever win a championship if they're on the same. <laughs> Are you a Celtics fan, by the way? No, 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 no. This is my unbiased NBA opinion. Oh, this is your scientist. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Sorry, I should have prefaced that before. before. <laughs> this is Dr. Pete talking, exactly. everybody. Dr. Pete, says, Dr. Pete says that Ben Simmons <laughs> and Joel Embiid cannot win a championship together. So I think with Al Horford on the floor, Ben Simmons will look much better. People will be like, oh, my God, where has this been, version of Ben Simmons been? And then all eyes are going to go to Embiid. And it's going to be this question of, do you trade Embiid, who is like the heart and soul of the Sixers and beloved by Philly fans, or do you just say, you know what, Ben, we'll let you develop at another, like, we're going to sell you as high as we can uh, and get as much back as possible. Dr. Pete just doesn't think that these two guys can play together. Well, if you look at the past 10 years of the league, if you had a gun to your head and needed to trade either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, I think a bunch of people would say, oh, yeah, we'll trade Ben. Mm-hmm. But what's the last championship team that was sorry for saying this, but centered around their center. Right. Like who's the last good center that was the star absolutely of their team that won the championship. I would also like to say, we talked about this earlier, but uh, the bounces on the rim from Kawhi's last shot were the difference between the Philadelphia 76ers going to the finals and the Raptors going to the finals. If the Sixers had gone to the finals, there's definitely a significant chance that they would have beaten the Warriors if all of the same injuries had occurred. So they could have won a finals with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I think they were very, very, very close. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I do agree with it academically, but if I was the Sixers GM, I would be saying we're so goddamn close. It it makes less sense to me to try to go forward with lesser players but more depth um i think i would try to hold on to both of them for as long as i could and i have to say ben simmons averaged 17 points per game and seven assists per game last year that's absolutely solid he's a good basketball player we might be nitpicking him a little bit just because we want the explosion of threes has made us biased towards the math but mm-hmm. just like with demar to chosen a high efficient a high efficiency shot is the one that you can make so if ben simmons knows that he can't make these fucking threes during a, a game then yeah of course you shouldn't take them but you have to be able to complement that and he's still young too so i think he's going to get better he's going to shoot better this in a couple of years we might be thinking about this as something weird you know oh yeah remember when ben simmons couldn't shoot and now he's a whatever 33 percent from deep uh i 
I mean, I just think he's fantastic, and there's almost no one else like him in the league, and I think he should hold on to those players. So basically, fuck you, Boston, and I see through your bullshit. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, the crux of your argument is all built on hypothetical that they could have won the championship. Uh, Dr. Pete does not work in a hypothetical world. I work in a real world, Natty, and the Sixers didn't win a championship. So, can't happen. Science. How far did uh, Boston get last year? Moving and on. How many players have they retained? <laughs> My number three is Westbrook. Uh, I just think okay. I think he is going to be reinvigorated by being in Houston, by being on a team that has real championship aspirations. Uh, I think he's going to enjoy playing with Harden again. Um, Agree. The two big things that I have for him that's going to bump his fantasy is that he's going to take more threes, and we've seen him be decent at three he shot 7.2 per game uh 34 back in 2016 so it's not terrible so he can do it it's the rocket so he's going to jack more up i also think that this reinvigorated russ is going to bring it more on the defensive end and we've seen westbrook mm. be a defensive monster before and and get you those steals and get those kinds of defensive points in fantasy and i think that that kind of comes back that that energy He's going, it won't be consistent throughout the entire season, but he's going to have games where he's clicks in and just becomes a defensive monster. And I think that that's going to help boost him up this year. You know what? That's a really great point. And that makes sense because that will also help Harden maintain like Harden won't have to try as hard on defense. If Westbrook is going to be all out. So I, Man, you might have convinced me. Like, that's a really good point. Um, it's the fuck out of your top five. <laughs> uh, God, what an incredible finals that would be if it was Sixers versus Rockets. Jesus. But that yeah, I mean, that would just be insane. That would be. Um, but that's, we've never seen Russ do badly. So uh, since he came into the league, he's been a wrecking ball. He's, I think, older than he seems, um, both he and Durant. I think we sort yeah. of think of these guys still as very young, and they're both 30-ish. Um, he's he's not a good three-point shooter. And I do wonder if maybe D'Antoni will figure out a way to get him to drive more and just, you know like take a three when you're wide open or if you're just feeling it, but otherwise like, let's try to get to the rim, get free throws, just try to be tough Russ and distribute otherwise. But I mean, I agree. Like there's, (laughs) I don't know if he can do a triple double again, but what if he does? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What if he does with Harden? That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that our top two are probably the same. Uh, but who do you have at two? I have Dame. Yeah. Who do you have? I, got okay. Dame too. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if I, I don't want to spoil it for the world, but I feel like Dame is two and, and Steph is one. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I do. The one caution with Steph is that, like I said earlier, I just think that the whole league is going to beat up on him all the time. And I think they're going to try to wear him down as hard as they possibly can because every other team, but the warriors is playing the long game against them. Right. They don't want them to be good for the playoffs. Like they, you know, 
maybe the Warriors don't make the playoffs. I think they probably will comfortably, but every other team is going to try to make sure that they're bloodied and wounded and gassed because that's the only way that you can beat them is if they just don't have enough in the tank and people get injured during the playoffs. So I do wonder if maybe we're anticipating Steph plays more than he will. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm my anticipation comes more from, I mean, I think he'll still get a lot of usage. Mine comes more from just him being the guy and sure. what that will mean. Yeah. That could just lead to another like Steph incredible season of shooting, you know, almost 40 or 40% from three and just becoming, you know, machine Steph who just jacks up 10 threes a game and hits, you know, five of them. I mean, if he, (laughs) I hadn't really thought about this until now, but if he has another MVP season, which I suppose is totally possible because it's just him and Dre and DAR, whatever, uh, then we have to start talking about him in a different way. Now, that's very preliminary, but, uh, you know, people that doubt Steph don't look good in hindsight, so I'm not going to. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic, and, you know, he scored 20-plus points per game last year, five assists per game. He's maybe the best shooter of all time from every single point on the court. I think Um, I can say that. I think that's confidently true. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of it has to do with rules, like no one, there's no hand checking. So, uh, but again, I I think people are going to be picking him up uh, at half court. I think they're just going to be double teaming him a lot and just kind of cheap shotting him. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, and maybe we see more off ball to prevent that. Maybe we see more point Draymond and having Steph running off screens and and that kind of stuff and getting him in, you know, off a screen and just complete quick catch and release stuff but no i think it'll be he will be interesting to watch i agree with you i think if you are if you come into your draft if you are redrafting and you come in and you have any kind of hesitancy towards steph you can't go wrong with dame dame lillard is awesome like he's a 1b he's going to equally put up stats he's going to equally ball out and he also has a little more um uh runtime not runtime but like less injury risk uh, going for him too. Sure. So if if you if you want to go Dame as your number one point guard, I don't think that that's, that's a bad choice either. Also, the Portland Trailblazers every year are like, oh, they're not going to be a three seed again. Or, you know, they're people really just everyone, don't believe in that. Like, everyone's just like, ah, uh, they're not going to be good. Portland Portland can't be good again this year. And then yeah, you're right. They just routinely appear. And you know what? I sort of feel the same way. So <laughs> I do. I really liked their addition of Kent Bazemore, but they're a team that I didn't think got too much better in the off season. But maybe they don't need to because Dame's just going to come in and you know wear a mech suit and just walk all over everybody. I he and CJ McCollum are this hidden secret for most of the country out in the Pacific Northwest and they're so good together. And it was just really great seeing them on a national stage in the playoffs last year. And, you know, there's no reason to think that Dame will get any worse. And there is reason to think that he could get better. So hell yeah, man, he could be the number one player. Why not? Yeah. Believe everyone. Believe. Um, yeah. Maestro Dame Lillard. Here, 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 here. Chin, chin. 
before we before we sign off, uh, Natty, what was your favorite thing of the week? Well, Team USA continues to win, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, by the time this podcast is up tomorrow, Team USA will hopefully have beaten France in the knockout round. Otherwise, everything will be on fire, and you'll know that they lost. Uh, but I gotta say, I've been into the music this past week, so I'm gonna Ooh. give you two tracks that I've really liked. Hell yeah! And these are my nice things. All right, the first is "Jungle Fever" by Jadena off his album "85 to Africa," which is great. It's just a, such a fucking awesome R&B song. It's super sick. He's amazing. He's great. And the second is "Mulholland" by Battle Tapes. I want to marry that song. And uh, both of them I've really liked over the past week. So that's that's my likes. Got that's some a, music. That's dope. Okay, well, I'll clearly have to bump those uh, after we after this. I'll, I'll go to bed listening to them. I feel like Jungle, Jungle Fever is exactly the song you want to hear before you uh, go to bed. Dude, you'll feel better and you'll wake up early. And you'll know why that's funny after you hear the song. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So what's your fave thing? Um, my fave thing, I, I hate to br- go exactly against the title of it uh it's not my fave thing from the week <laughs> i i have to give the nba shit for getting rid of ninja headbands uh dude i don't even care to read their reasoning behind it because it's a crime and it should be fixed because ninja headbands are dope as fuck and they should be in the league permanently the only reason it would be a good thing is if it's some sort of Cobra Kai tie-in and it's, you know, like an advertising thing and like, oh, the bad guys don't want you to look cool and be Karate Kid. Because otherwise, what the fuck, man? I know. What are you doing? NBA, you've made so many right choices. Adam Silver, you've done such a good job fixing this league, getting rid of racist owners, being socially progressive. But why? Why? Why did you take a big step back by getting rid of ninja headbands? Like. We won't kick out Robert Sarver or James Dolan, but we will forbid you from looking sick. So Are you sure. kidding me? Who who hates karate headbands? I don't understand what the constituency here is. Have like, you, who the hell is raising their hands being like, oh, man, they really good job. That's absolutely uh, correct. I was hating basketball because they looked so cool. What the <laughs> hell, man? Have you read anything as to why they're getting rid of them? I haven't. I have no idea. The only thing I read said that the competition committee, and this is hysterical, was um, going to look into it. And like, what the hell does the competition committee have with headgear? What is like what the fuck? It's remember when Ben Wallace like couldn't wear his dreads on Chicago or something? Or you know, it's just like these are the things that really bug people about the NBA is it's just like Stern telling people, Oh, you have to wear a suit on the sideline or something like that. (laughs) It's, it's micromanaging. It doesn't hurt anyone to wear a karate headband. It doesn't hurt anyone to wear anything on your head. I wouldn't care if people wore hats, like who cares? (laughs) It's not doing anything. It's not affecting game. Like, if Drew Holiday wants to wear a fedora, let him wear a fucking fedora. What is it? Who's it hurting? It doesn't affect the game at all. Yeah. The only thing, only thing I can think of with, with Ninja headbands is that because that they have those longer ties, whipping your head around could smack someone in the face with it and you could get it in your eye. I have no idea. That's the only thing I can like fathom as a reason why Dude. you get rid of them outside of just like being a dick. 
the most important player in the league, LeBron James, has been getting the shit kicked out of him every time he drives, and he doesn't get nearly as many calls as he should throughout his entire history because everybody hits LeBron James. So I just really don't think that if this is like a protective thing that it has... can hold water that's ridiculous to me i think what the nba actually wants is that they want to be able to control them and sell them with an nba logo or a team logo and if these guys are just putting on you know like unlogoed gear then yeah we have to protect the shield and like let's make sure we make a dime off of this like i i'm there's a part of me that thinks that we'll see them during the season except that you know, there will be like an Exxon logo on it or something. Hey, like they'll sell them. Like, yeah, if you just wanted to monetize them NBA, I'm okay with that. Just make sure that you're bringing that back ASAP because I don't want the NBA season to start without the ability for people to wear ninja headbands. That's all I'm going to say. What an own goal. Like, I, I don't even know why this came up. Like, these dudes started wearing them, and then there were some owners that said, whoa, hey, they can't wear things on their head. Uh, you know, like, who, who complained? Who brought this up in the first place? It's absolutely outrageous. So dumb. So dumb. Oh, well. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, other than that Team USA goes up against Rudy Gobert in France tomorrow, and that is going to be a fascinating matchup for this reason. Brooke Lopez hasn't played much, and he hasn't played well during this tournament. But last season, when the Bucks played the Jazz, he absolutely dominated Gobert. He was so, so, so good in those games, And one of the reasons is because his range from three drew Gobert out of the paint and other players were able to take advantage. So um, I'll be curious to see if maybe this turns into a game where Pop tries to use that and Brooke Lopez plays more than we've seen him play. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a good game to watch if you're up at the crack of dawn. and Yeah, 7 a.m. Uh, but it's knockout round, man. Like this Gotta might be, be the last USA basketball we see for a while. It's true. Forever. Maybe. Cause who knows? <laughs> because we'll know. just quit and never play again. It's, this is the last game maybe that's, in that's all of history. Way. Yeah. Just quit. It's just fine. quit when it's not going your way. All right. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We are under the fake teams channel. So go to wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, uh spotify search for fake teams subscribe leave us five stars tell us how excited you are for the basketball season uh we will be back at you next week to talk all kinds of fantasy basketball natty have a good week you too man yo shout out to the fake teams baseball writers i won my fantasy baseball league and it was thanks to them oh they're great they had a great season oh big old plug fake make sure you go check it out for real have a good week man Uh